right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Aaron and Mike today. We're just doing a special uh, uh, Matt chat, as we like to call them, especially getting onto the show. Uh, first, I'd like to thank our couple sponsors before we even get started. Special shout out to uh, Project XGuard, one of our official sponsors. We've been helping out the community as far as that goes. Uh, special thing about them is they are helping underage, uh, underprivileged children getting involved in jiu-jitsu. Obviously, not right now because of the pandemic, but they are still working at hard trying to reach out and get more people connected to jiu-jitsu, and that should be for everybody. And also, our second sponsor, which is CanadianProtein.com. Uh, if you want to get swole like Michael with his nice new haircut, you're ready to rock, and you can utilize that co- promo code for 10% off to help you out. So it's, uh, promo code is uh, CHOKE. So we just hit it up there on the website. Uh, we'll have everything hooked up into the links, and then you'll be ready to rock. All right, everybody. Mike, it's just you and me today. Yeah, you're unfortunately just stuck with uh, me and Aaron tonight. Oh, you forgot uh, one more sponsor based on oh. uh, the new restrictions and revisions to Stage 2. And who's that? We are now sponsored again by CERB. No, you're, 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 you're sponsored by that. I'm, I'm trying to stay off that. <laughs> We're now sponsored by CERB. <laughs> uh, I'll But no, old... uh, I, do, I did want to say, though, uh, yeah, uh, Ra- Raul is doing some really good work with Project X Guard in the community. So um, to people that are listening to this and they feel like if they, they know somebody that can be um, helped by the positive influence that jiu-jitsu can have on your lives, then – please reach out to him and we'll, uh, or reach out to us and we can get you connected with him. Absolutely. So Mike, um, obviously the government has put us into lockdown, uh, 2.0. Uh, what have you been doing since the last couple of days? Uh, I don't know. Just reevaluating my life. Like why, why do I keep doing this? <laughs> why, why, why don't I even try to help people with personal training? Cause it just feels like I just, you just keep getting shut down over and over again, which I don't know. I think what, what is your, like, I think we'll get into, we'll get into this probably a little bit deeper, but like, what is your take on lockdown or like, well, I guess you can't really call it a lockdown yet. It's just really closing of bars and restaurants and gyms and fitness facilities. There's a, there's a list online of some things that were uh, rolled back in hotspot areas, which, me and Aaron happen to work in one of the hotspot areas. So for those that are listening to this, maybe outside of the GTA and they don't, or the, the greater Toronto area, and they don't uh, understand kind of like the regions. Um, some areas were rolled back to stage two, which would, um, which would make the closure of like, let's say gyms, maybe some jujitsu facilities, um, bars and restaurants are closed. Um, cinemas, so like movie theaters, for example, is, are, are also closed with that as well. Um, so, uh, me and Aaron are once again affected by this whole thing. Yeah, no, to answer your question, I mean, like, I kind of have mixed feelings about it, to be honest with you, because the reality is I'm all for public health, right? Like, we need to keep everybody safe. We need to keep everybody healthy. So whatever that entails, I'm 100% for. However, the idea of shutting down certain areas where I'll just use Mississauga as an example, right? On Dundas, so Winston Churchill and Dundas, on one side is Halton and the other side is Mississauga. And Mississauga is shut down for all fitness capabilities. But if I opened up a gym right across the street, which is in Halton, I am now able to 
open up my gym, which doesn't make any sense. Which so, is ludicrous because if you just put the borders and draw them out, uh, for those not familiar with the area, you can basically walk across the street, you're in another city, and guess what? Now you're allowed to, you know, now you're now you're allowed to open a fitness facility, a personal training studio, um, and you can have dining and dine-in services, right? Like because yeah. it was funny because Rachel and I went to Tim Hortons this morning just to go grab coffee before we went out for a drive or doing the drive-through, and there's people sitting inside the restaurant, and we looked at each other like, "How are they in the restaurant?" And it was like, "Oh, we're in Halton. That's why, right?" So, I mean, here's the thing. The reality is, if if there has not, and again, it's, I'm going to contradict myself when I say this too, because the, if fitness facilities were a pure, con, hey, they're attracting and people are getting sick out of fitness clubs, and that's what the the high probability rate is. I'm all for shutting it down. I totally get it, and I understand why you would, right? And depending on how big that facility is, how good your members are with wearing masks and all that kind of stuff, I totally get it. However, but saying that though, there's been a case in a spin cycle studio in Hamilton that I just literally read to the evening, there are 47 cases of COVID-19 have gone ravaging through the actual studio. So in retrospect, yes, you could say fitness clubs are an issue, but okay, here's my question. What were the protocols in place? Were they actually social distancing? Were they abiding by the actual mandate of everything that has to be in place, right? Because that could have been a cold, who knows, right? But now it just happens to be COVID-19. So yes, we need to be restricted. However, I just don't know if this is the right way to do it. But again, like I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor. I'm just looking at it as like, okay, yeah, we need to have a healthy people to have a healthy economy. But I'm like, hey, motherfucker, who are you actually going to pay to actually have them eat? Like, that's the problem. You're shutting all this stuff down. And how are people going to pay their bills? And how are they going to make a living? That's what I just don't understand. They don't have a solution for that. They just want to shut stuff down and hope for the best. It doesn't, life doesn't work like that, unfortunately. No, it doesn't. I think the big thing is... We'll, we'll kind of rewind back to March. I think, okay, I, can, I agree initially with, okay, we, we need to close things down that we don't need to have open because something's coming. We don't know the, the full effects of it yet. So we need to take some time to kind of devise a plan or a strategy in order to prepare for the worst, so to speak. And that's what they did. And I think I agree kind of like initially back in March. I think it was a good idea maybe the first month or so to figure out, okay, what's, what's going on with this thing and how are we going to deal with it in the future? That two weeks turned into, well, for us, it turned into about almost five months. So, and in my opinion, I still don't see a full definitive plan going forward with, hey, this is what we're going to do if, you know, if there's X amount of cases here. I think it's very arbitrary. It's, it's okay, like the government has to do something. Cases are going up. Um, there are, there have been cases in, there's, I think most cases, I would say in the GTA in general, most of them are being spread via, like you, you go to like your friend's house or something and maybe they're not feeling well. And then it's, most of it is being spread in like in home, um, 
you know, visits with like other people, you're going to other people's houses. So as far as I'm concerned, I know there's been, I think restrictions and dialing back of like gatherings as well, which I think maybe short term is probably a good idea. But with that said, you're now you're, you're touching on another thing as well. It's now you're, Hey, we want everybody to be healthy. So that way, you know, they can contribute to the economy. Well, if you're shutting down all the things that help people maintain a healthy lifestyle, then that's a problem. Now things can spread in things, you know, colds, flus, COVID, things like that can spread in gyms, especially if you use like, let's say like the good lives and the LA fitnesses, for example, where I know good life has had cases pop up in certain areas, like in Brampton and in, and in other uh, regions, I think in Toronto as well. I'm not sure that the total numbers of those, but they've, you know, they popped up and then they basically would shut down for a week or two, clean out, clean out everything and then open back up again, which you have to, you have to expect, I think with everything opening. And I think another big factor is schools being open as well. So, you know, Aaron, your, your, your son goes to school right now and there, and the reality of it is there's, there's a good probability something could pop up there. And oh, it's just. No, a hundred, hundred percent. Like it, it's going to happen. Like I, at the, as we look at everything, I mean, if you want to talk about like building plans and all that kind of stuff, I mean, like, just look at how long the government had before when they shut schools down to actually, okay, put stuff in place for schools. They had five months and basically nothing was organized until the last, literally August, right? Like even like your son wasn't on online training at school until like two weeks into the actual school year. It started two weeks ago and it was about uh, two weeks into the school I guess the school term, he started two weeks late and we actually registered him like the beginning of August. Cause I knew, I knew realistically, like with schools, open, like the biggest, I think spreaders of, you know, colds, illnesses yeah, in general would be, or if you're going to get the flu, it's probably going to be from school and just visiting. Like those are probably the top two things probably spreading COVID right now. And I know like, I think, now is another issue now if you start shutting down schools. So like, let's say Aaron over here who, you know, meet has to be in a physical location to do his job. Now he can't really do that. Now if you have to watch two kids or if they start shutting down schools, daycares, that's not going to allow, uh, you know, you to go out and do your job. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they won't shut schools down again. Like I, I really do not think they will not, they'll do everything they can to do to not sh shut schools down. The only, like, God forbid this happen, but unless it's like a school gets ravaged or this disease, unfortunately, like mutates and this virus mutates and then it starts killing, the, the mortality rate goes up, then that's a different story, right? That's the only way they're going to shut schools down. There's no way they're going to shut schools well, funny you mention that. I think that's what happened with Spanish flu second wave. It went from like one, two percent mortality rate. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to Google this. So, Aaron, you have to Google this shit, uh, Jamie. But like, it went up to about, I want to say fourteen, fifteen percent. So it, it shot like the death, uh, the mortality rate shot up like a lot, and uh, that's where I think most of the deaths came was in that second wave. Is history uh, going to repeat itself? Stay tuned. We're going to find out. So, 
Uh, it looks like, as far as that, it, like it went from like two point five percent. So it was very low, and then it went up to two point five percent. As Aaron is googling. Yeah, I'm not very good. I'm not very fast like Jamie is. No, no, it's okay. But whatever. This is why we do edits. I think at the end of the day, it's a very complicated issue. I don't think there's one right answer. Um, do I think you can just, you know, shut down the world and like COVID would go away? In theory, that would work, but then people have to work and they have bills to pay. So, you know, is that a is that a viable long term solution in in society right now? No, I don't think so. Um, do I think you should just open up everything and then everything is a free for all and we just if he dies he dies then no I don't think that's a good idea either I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle I think if you're in an at risk category I think you should be extra cautious with what you're doing um, I think if if anything like if you have the ability to work from home work from home and continue to do that for the foreseeable future especially if you're in an at-risk uh, category, like if you have you know, like any sort of autoimmune issues or any immune system issues, or if you're elderly, or if you're in a long-term care home, like those are, the, those are the populations that are getting hit the hardest by this. I think, I think if you're looking at it from a statistical standpoint, I think if me and Aaron get it, chances are we're gonna be fine. I mean, it's probably not going to be a fun week or two, but we're going to be fine. Yeah, but I think that, again, the biggest thing is that, like, we look at, like, the spread of misinformation, right? So, like, yeah, so if you and I were to get it, we'll probably be okay. But, again, like, what's going to be the effect on another individual who might have a different genetic code than you do, right? And how fit is this individual? And that's why, like, I, again, they're starting to do it now but they're still not really talking about, you know, exercise, being healthy, vitamin D, multivitamins, you know, eating good food, all these different things that they should be talking about are things that they're not constantly kind of preaching. And they should be doing this. Like if they're going to do a daily breathing, they need to remind people to start doing these things, get outside, get the vitamin D, go for walks, do X, do this. But they just want people to sit at home and do nothing. But I'm sorry, human beings don't do that, right? They don't do that because you have to look at like mental health and all these different things. But again, when we look at misinformation, it's because the government's contradicting themselves every single time they open their mouth, right? Because again, if you look at every, okay, fine. GTA versus Peel, Ottawa, and Toronto, you guys can't do anything. You have to shut down. But Halton, which is right across the street, is okay to operate a gym. Yeah. Like, okay, so this is a little um, stupid. Very close to the border. I'm right on the border, right? So it's just like, and this is where it's so dumb. And it's like, and then you see different, and we'll even bring jujitsu into it, where different academies are going, that's, you know, holding they can't, they got bills to pay and they have to close their doors. And then we have other academies that are able to work and strive, but then other academies are trying to figure out, okay, well, how can I get past a loophole and do this? Because it's all misinformation. It's all this bullshit. That's the reality, right? So everybody's trying to figure out the system that works. But again, the government hasn't been clear cut on anything. They're no, saying, this really. is what it is. And it's also, it's, it's, 
not to just put the entire blame on them. It's, it's also an evolving situation as well. So if you think about it, like a virus back at what we knew in March versus what we knew now, you know, we know more. Do we know everything about it? No, of course not. It's an evolving situation, right? So they may find, okay, like in March, like, okay, um, if it, it can live on surfaces for up to 24 hours and then they do some more research on it and they're like, you know what, that may not be true. I think a lot of the issue is a lot of people will go, aha, I told you this virus is fake because you guys said, you know, six months ago that it did this and now it doesn't. It's like, well, we don't know everything about it right now. We don't know the effects of it, of what it's also another factor is you don't know the effects of it like one year, two years, five years from now in your body either. It could just be, Hey, you got sick and you know, you move on with your life or you can have some, long-term lasting effects from this. Like you don't know either. And also another factor is you don't know if it may affect, you know, as you said, one person may, you know, have a headache for a week and they're fine. Another person can end up in the hospital and they can have the same, they could be the same age, gender, race, all, all that. So we don't, this is still something like that was really just a thing like at the beginning of this year and like, how long has the flu been a thing? It's been around forever. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, and again, at the end of the day, we all can't just, it's hard to say because it's just like, I want to be the best person for public health, but also like people need to live their lives and people need to get outside and they need to do certain things. But I think it's all about caution, right? Everybody needs to be careful. Yes. Everybody needs to be responsible. There's, you have to, and again, being responsible just for you, your parent, your household, you have to be responsible for your parents, for your people who your parents, like that thing, right? But well, you, you shouldn't be able to. Other people too. like Other people, exactly, right? Where it's like, where, like when we work, when we were working, right? When we look at the mask mandate, okay, everybody just wear a fucking mask, right? How, how hard is that? I don't really care what anybody wants to say. Like, oh, I can't work out with a mask because it's too hard. I'm like, no, it's just because you're a fucking pussy. That's why, right? <laughs> because at the end of the day, all it is is just restricting your breathing if it is. But most of the time, because your cardiovascular health is so bad anyways, that's why you can't breathe properly. Not right? You're going up the stairs while I'm wearing a mask, but I haven't exercised in my entire life and – you would probably be out of breath going up those same stairs without a mask as well. Exactly. Like, I, like, you know what, like I'm people forget. I forgot. Like right? I walked into the building the other day, totally without my mask on. It was in my pocket. I completely forgot. It was just one of those things. It's a routine thing. You just walk in and you're like, Oh my God, put my mask on. No big deal. Right. That happens. I totally get it. But if I have to remind somebody, five times every single day like you're not five years old anymore okay you're a grown human adult act like it like be responsible like that that's i have a problem with that Can and you, it's not putting sorry not I'm, you i'm doing something you shouldn't be doing but I'm, I'm interrupting you uh you know i want to get at least over under 64 interruptions in per podcast but um i wanted to ask you what has your experience has been like um being, I guess, like with this, like working in a big facility, working in a big gym and dealing with the general public, 
what has your experience been like when it comes to like, you know, mass mandating, cleaning, cleaning up after yourself? And to be honest, like for the record, I'll say like, these are things that I think if you're going to a big gym or a facility, you should be doing anyway. Like, I don't think you need health Canada to tell you, Hey man, maybe you should wash your hands like before you do something or like, Hey, like it, that's in my opinion, that stuff's kind of implied, but sorry, go on. No, no, like overall, my experience has not been too bad. I mean, like working, being civil with other individuals and Hey, like people doing their part, it's been pretty good. However, right. There are cases where you have individuals that are just, whether they're just lazy and they are just feel, Oh, it's not, it's not about that. They don't need to do it. Right. So you always have to remind them for machines or putting their mask on. And then you have individuals who want to get, who want to try and fight the world with you over this. And it's like, bro, are you five or are you an actual adult? Cause if you're an adult, that's fine. Talk to me like an adult and put your mask on. If you're five years old, let me go get your mother. You can go live with them and then you can go deal with that. So like, I, I have no patience for that stuff anymore because the reality is we're in a situation and the for and again, it's not about compliance. I don't want to like people are like, Oh, you, you're complying with the government. I'm like, no, I just want to get over this as fast as possible. And then you get microchipped by Bill Gates. Yeah, I know. I know Kevin Mans is going to come after me now too. He's like, Oh, you're, you're, you're in on your Trudeau's buddy. <laughs> you are Trudeau's buddy. I see. I've seen you. I think he's given you some special calls at, at points idea for Trudeau to call the NDP to totally shut down the Wii scandal. That was my idea. <laughs> Just, Justin listened. He listened. He listened to you. You're like, all right, uh, I want to, I want to talk to um, Minister Gall on this one to make sure <laughs> exactly everything is, I don't know. Like, you know what? Like there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of laws I agree with. I think we can sit here all day. There's a lot of things I, that laws that I agree with. There's things that I don't agree with. Listen, like, I like speeding on the highway. I wish the speed limit was higher, but I don't get to pick and choose like the laws that I decide to, um, to follow or not, because, you know, I probably get, you know, fined, <laughs> thrown in prison. <laughs> if I want to, it's like, you know what? There's, there's days where like, I want to strangle Aaron and guess what? Like I can't legally do that unless it's on the mats. And with that said, you know, there are certain laws or certain rules that, you know, there's, there's laws and rules that I agree with. There's laws and rules that I don't necessarily agree with, but is it perfect? No, but I think we need to figure out a way to, you know, keep, keep things moving because I think this is a situation that's not going to be changing anytime soon. So they said, okay, we're going to close all the gyms, bars and restaurants in these hotspot areas for the next 28 days. Honestly, they're probably going to stay closed a lot longer than 28 days. I think that's the reality of the situation, especially if numbers continue to go up, which, you know, numbers are going up. Also, the amount of testing is also going up. Therefore, you're going to have higher numbers in general, which, you know, is still a good thing. You know, the, the Donald Trump philosophy of, well, you know, we're doing more testing than anybody, so we're going to have more cases Technically, that's not wrong because guess what? If you're doing more testing, you are going to have, you're going to find more positive cases. So I think that's a good thing, but I think going forward, 
I think the big thing is you have to address, you know, you have to address your health. And I think that's something that we can talk about briefly right now. Let's give some general, general. Yes. Go on, Aaron. Ooh, hold on. I want to take one thing quickly before we get into the health conversation, but guess what you used to be able to do with that? That wasn't required by law. You didn't have to wear your seatbelt. So that's true. You, didn't, you didn't have to wear your seatbelt back in the good old seventies. I believe it was. Don't, you can back check me on the actual date when it became law, but Hey, if you, you, it's your right back then, if you wanted to speed as, as fast as you wanted on the highway and smash into a tree and go right through that windshield, if you wanted to, however, what happened, it became law and eventually everybody complies. And what happens with people that don't wear their seatbelt and they get in an accident? It's not a very grief cars going a lot faster nowadays. Right. So, I mean, like, does it need to become a law? No, right? Should people have to get fined from wearing a mask? No, but people just need to, like, do the right thing. Put your mask on. Don't be a jackass. Don't have a house party and share whatever. And if you're sick, stay home. Like, I I, I don't know how hard this is, right? And it's making everything worse as we go along just because everybody feels that their individual freedoms are being taken away from them. Yeah. Their businesses are being taken away from them. They're not being able to do that. But like, uh, I don't have the answers. That's why I'm not the you guy making decisions. Well, Aaron, you, you, you didn't wear your seatbelt in the seventies and you turned out okay. So hopefully if people are deciding, <laughs> you know, not to wear a mask, hopefully they, they turn out okay as well. But uh, just general health, nutrition stuff, things that help boost your immune system, just, you know, go outside, go for a walk, go in the sun. Unfortunately, winter is coming, and that's a Game of Thrones reference for you, Aaron. I threw that in there. Winter is coming. Yeah. I don't think I've ever watched yeah. a single episode of Game of Thrones. You're one of those guys who you're refusing to watch your episode because you just want to say you haven't watched an episode? No, I just – honestly, I just don't watch a lot of TV anymore. It's not even – I'm like, oh, well, I don't watch Game of Thrones, man, because, like, I'm against, like, the mainstream and stuff. No, that's not me. I just, I don't know. I just don't watch, like, a lot of shows. But, um, but yeah, like, general, just general health stuff. So, go out for a walk. Bite, go out for a walk. Healthy, proper exercise, you know. I would say, hey, go to the gym three days a week if you can. But guess what? Most of them are closed now. So if you, if you have things to work out with at home, you can do that. Or just don't stress so much. So you med- meditate a little bit, stretch, do some yoga. Um, we're looking at like vitamin, vitamins and minerals. Zinc is great for your immune system. Vitamin C is good for your, your, your immune system. Vitamin D3 is great for your immune system. So Make sure you're stocked up on plenty of those, especially going in the winter with vitamin uh, D3. And if you're in a colder climate, chances are you're probably deficient in vitamin D3 as well. So uh, this would be a good time to uh, go on CanadianProtein.com, use promo code CHOKE and get 10% off. Just throwing that in there. Good ad read, good ad read. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you, you got to work. I think we got to work in the ads into the actual podcast. So. It's a, it's a perfect example. Use promo code CHOKE, 10% off. Boost your immune system. Take some stuff. Go out for a walk. Don't stress so much. Stop watching the news if it pisses you off like Aaron, like it does to Aaron. 
that. I, I, I barely watch the news anymore. However, what I did, what happened to be, I am following on uh, online. So it looks like the IBBJF has decided that they're going to allow heel hooks and knee reaping into uh, their no-gi competitions. So uh, what are your thoughts, first thoughts on that? I think, honestly, for if it's no-gi competition, I'm, I think I'm all for it. Um, I think knee reaping at like brown and brown and black belt level. I think this is something that they sh they should have did a while ago. Like if you do like a, let's say a brown black belt um, professional event where you you know what the like you know what the stakes are. You're you're a grown man or a woman and you're competing and you know the rule set. I think I even said this on the Ricardo on the podcast with Ricardo when we had him on a few episodes ago. Like I'm all I'm all for that rule set in in no gi though in gi I I don't agree with with heel hooks just based on the fact that different in my experience different friction and things and turning and twisting out of things like your gi can get caught on certain things I've had an experience yeah I I, I think I think with the gi you shouldn't have it. Off. so something like that where if like, let's say your foot or your heel gets caught and then gets twisted and rotated and you shred every ligament in your knee and now you can't train jiu-jitsu ever again. I think in a gi, in a gi world, I don't think it's a good idea. Maybe knee reaping at, maybe knee reaping is something to maybe to look at, but heel hooks I wouldn't agree with in the gi. No gi, I'm all for it. Reap, heel hook, it's a, especially if it's a professional event, let people do what they want, especially if there's high stakes or money at, on the line. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much my take on it right there. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot more um, individuals coming out to those events now that might be illegal, right? I think you're going to have more of the guys that are high level start to go, okay, maybe it's because it's, you're not getting paid, but it's still that opportunity to start taking on the pans or in the world. It's or, more the, the, the pay issue, I think. Well, I think that's a big thing. It's like them having to pay to go to a tournament and they're not actually getting paid. It's like, oh, but or they could do a fight to win card and they could win and they get their, their card, right? Or like third so, grappling, who's number one. There's a lot of shows coming up. Like even like, you know, like Copa Podio and well, Copa Podio has been around for a while. That's probably one of my personal favorite like events to watch. I, I like the format of it, but uh, a lot of, there's a lot of different super fight shows and super fight cards that are coming up like south of the border in the U S but probably also in Canada will be things coming up in the, in the future as well that, you know, hopefully, you know, people get, they're not paying people with, oh, we're, you're, we're getting you uh, your name out there and recognition and like you're a starving artist and all that shit. Like, yeah. I think I don't, I don't agree with that. I think, I think if you're like, you're a Brown or a black belt and you're, you're trying to do this professionally, I think you should be compensated professionally in my opinion. And then uh, I think with that said, if there's a rule set that's like that, let the guy, let the guys fight. Um, within the, within those rule sets i think it gives people more options um to attack certain positions as well like a outside ashy garami where you can there's a lot of you know controversy in the IBJF rule set where it's like okay but if i do you know a footlock this way it's legal but if i do it slightly this way it's illegal if they if my opponent slightly turns the wrong way i can get <laughs> 
I can get called for a knee reap and I can get disqualified. And especially when, you know, the stakes are that high, like you let the, let the fight ebb and flow. Now, of course, if somebody does something clearly illegal outside of the rules, they should be disqualified. Kind of like, for example, where Cyborg was basically bitch slapping Gordon Ryan for 10 minutes straight. He probably should have been disqualified a little bit earlier than that, but I digress. I think within the, let people fight within the rule set. And I think it's a lot helps to open up a lot of different positions as well. So as a, as a, a ref with IBJ, uh, sorry, with uh, OJA. So with, but you, have you, have you actually refed an IBJF uh, tournament or no? I have not. And that was because I was a, a sandbagging purple belt and ah, usually require brown and black, but the require usually at least be a brown belt to, because they want people that have been, training a certain amount of time so they want like either a brown or a black belt that's fair preferably that's fair okay so have there been tournaments where you've been refing the actual event and you've had to like dq a guy because of the circumstances of like a knee reap but just because of the positioning or like most of the time it's like people have done like oh i'm it's a blue belt division i've done a knee bar but oh you know they're legal at naga but it's like this isn't naga man so you gotta but okay but like when i mean like a yeah obviously with a knee bar that they're not allowed to do but purple and up they're up they're allowed knee bar straight up knee bar right brown and black belt at ibgf okay so for that so when knee reap though could also be anywhere where it's twisting as well, right? Anything. So anything that's a knee reap is basically your outside foot is crossing the midline of the body. So basically the way yes. that my foot is here, if we're doing like a visual, like let's say it's on the Aaron's right side of his body and then crosses his midline and goes around his leg to the out to his opposite side. So like, let's say, I mean, let's say I'm in single leg X guard. I'm on Aaron's right leg for people that can visualize this. My outside leg, which will probably be my left leg in this case, goes from his hip across his belly button across to the other side. So that's the way a knee reap is defined in, in the rules. As far as I know, they might have changed like the definition of it. That's the way I see it. So as long as that foot is, is not crossing the midline or the center of the person's body, it is not a knee reap. Have you seen guys take the foot and put it across in the, the midline and then call it a reap and like, like kind of fake yes. tap it? Uh, that, that has happened or if it's incidental. So like, let's say like you're just in single leg X guard, you're trying to sweep. Then let's say the foot slips across, whether you slip it mm-hmm. across by accident or the person, person takes your foot and tries to go across. Yeah. This is the issue, I think, with a lot of the IBGF and the knee reaping rules. And I think it's good, at least at Brown and Black Belt, that they clarify them more or just let people knee reap is it's such a gray area. So, for example, if I'm, if I'm overhooking your foot and I have your foot here, that can look like a foot lock with quotation yeah. marks. So you can take my foot. It goes across the body. Technically, I'm attacking a submission that's now illegal. I should be disqualified immediately. Mm-hmm. But if I'm holding onto your pants, you take the foot or like, let's say my foot, like I intentionally go across, that's just a penalty. And then that foot will go back to the proper position and then you restart. But if I'm overhooking your foot and it looks like I'm going for a foot lock, I'm disqualified immediately. And there's been yeah. cases of like, let's say you're on top, you just take my foot, you try to shove it across the body and go, oh, attack. And then you yeah. make a big, uh, 
you make a big thing like, oh, you reaped me, man. Like, oh, my knee, like my God, my now, knee. If you're intentionally bringing the foot across to do that, then you would actually be the one being disqualified for that. Okay. But a lot of times it's a gray area because like, like let's say I'm behind you guys and I'm like looking at like someone's ass and then somebody takes the foot and shoves it across and then they tap and they're like, Oh, Oh, I reaped. Oh, I got reaped. And then it, it's, it's, it's a very hard position for a referee to be in because you don't want to, you don't want to make a wrong call. Of course, like in my, in the history of me refing, I've refed a, a long time. I've refed almost eight years. I've never gone into a match like, Oh man, I'm going to fuck this guy over. Like everybody thinks like, you know, refs mm. usually do when they, when they don't get a call their way. It's like, this guy's fucked me over, man. I thought that's no, how you're supposed to like, have, that's why they have everybody on team. Bro. Sorry, go ahead. I thought that's why everybody has a ref on their team too. So they make sure they fuck everybody over. Yeah, well, exactly. You want to make sure you <laughs> every team individually. So, but no, I, I've never gone into a match going like, oh, I'm going to, oh, I'm ref, I'm refing Aaron. I'm going to fuck this guy over. Like his hairline's already fucked. Like I'm, I'm never do it. I would, I would never do that intentionally. Like I, I try to see the match for what it is and apply the rules have I made mistakes in the history of eight in, in those eight years? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best refs in the world, if you even watch some of the IBGF matches, guess what? They make mistakes too. And these are guys yeah. who world-class, I think world-class, you know, referees. I think the issue is, I think sometimes the IBGF rule system, I think it needs to be simplified a bit. Take away the, a lot of the gray areas of, and that's a perfect example. Like it, depending on the situation, I just, we went from anywhere from, okay, I'm going to take your foot and put it back. Um, you're going to get a penalty. Your opponent's going to get a penalty. Your opponent can get disqualified or you can get disqualified. And that's five different situations just mm -hmm. from, just from one position and one knee read. So you see how things can get complicated based on just that alone. Now, Brown and black belt, no, no reaping, no heel hooks. Great. Fantastic. Guess what? There's no gray area. It's you get heel hooked, you tap, that's it. Yeah. And I think that's the way it should be. I think it's, it takes a lot more of the stress and the pressure off of the refs to make really um, controversial calls, I guess you can say, or. Yeah. Controversial calls. It opens the game up. You're not going to end up with so many like ref decisions anymore. And then guys feel like they're, they're getting screwed over because it's a Brazilian ref and. American it's a Brazilian ref, it's a American ref, it's a Portland ref. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're they're all out to get us, Aaron. Yeah, so I that makes sense. I think that's there, good. This also reminds me of a funny story. I was competing as a blue belt, um, in in a rule set where knee bars were illegal. I've competed at Naga and Grappler's Quest, where at blue belt they were legal. So very important pro tip for people that want to compete in jiu-jitsu competitions. No, you don't have to be a referee, but you should know the rule set that you're competing in because I always tell people, you know, you're going to play basketball, but you don't know how to score points. You should at least know how the game is played in order to score. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's like anything. You need to know what you can do and what you can't do so you can actually play your, the game you want to at least, right? Exactly. So uh, the, the, the story goes, I was at, a, I think it was the GTA Classic one year. So it's Tony Isaac's tournament. So shout out to him. There's no, 
GTA Classic in 2020. Hopefully, there's one in 2021 or 2035 or whenever the hell this thing is over. Um, so I was competing as a blue belt. So knee bars were illegal. Um, I was competing against somebody, and I think I was in like Delhi Hebo. I was playing Delhi Hebo. Back step, he went to a knee bar. So I went to defend it. So I'm like, I have my foot. And then I'm actually like, you know, I'm doing like the proper like knee bar defenses. I'm opening up, I'm trying to open up the leg. I get my knee actually out of the position and then I actually stop and I'm like, wait a minute, what he's doing is illegal. If I tap, I win. So I just tapped. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I did like the, 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 the soccer dive. I was like, oh, I did that. And then I was like, oh, what do you need? I did that. And then uh, the guy after he's like, and then the, the ref, and then the guy realized after he's like, Oh shit, that's illegal. <laughs> and then he got out and then uh, the rep disqualified him. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, like, I, I didn't know. Like, I hope your knee's okay. And then I'm like, No, you know, I'm like, Nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll be fine. And I'm like, I'm limping off the mat. And I'm like, Oh, I'm limping. I'm limping. If you ever watch, um, what's that movie? Uh, what's that movie with Kaiser Soze, Kevin Spacey? Oh, the kind of usual suspects. So, like, spoiler alert if. The movie's 30 years old, but so he's walking out. He's like faking a limp. He's faking a limp. And then he just starts walking normally. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. I was like, oh, oh, you totally, need part, man. I just walked totally off. totally screwed that guy over. And then I think like Dan and Syl are just laughing their ass off because they knew what I did. Because like, <laughs> they're watching me defend and I'm looking at them. I'm like, why am I defending this? So I tap. And they're looking at me like, why did you tap? And I'm like, it's illegal. <laughs> like, I, I didn't say that, but I'm looking at them like I'm tapping because the guy's attacking a knee bar. It's an illegal submission. He's going to be disqualified. So he got disqualified, and they're like, oh, my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I was fine. Like, I, so I basically defended the position. <laughs> and then just before I totally got out of it, I tapped. <laughs> and then I ended up winning a match by disqualification and moving on to the next round. So... Uh... Lesson learned to people out there that are competing, um, study the rule set. Do you have to be like an A plus wizard of, you know, of the, of the, you know, OJA rules, IBGF rules, ADCC rules? No, but you should at the very least know what's legal, what's not, what is not legal. Um, how do you score points? How do you score advantages if that rule set has advantages? These are very basic fundamental things that, I think a lot of white belts and blue belts that I still see to this day after all these years. And it's frustrating as a ref because they're like, oh, well, you know, I bench pressed this guy in side control and I got on top. Shouldn't that be a sweep? I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> the hundredth time. And it's even more frustrating when I have to argue with coaches about the same thing as well. Now, you know what? There's like, you know, one, one person may have a different interpretation of the rules. That's a little more biased because, you know, and of course, like if I'm, if I'm coaching, you know, somebody that's my student, I'm going to be biased obviously in their corner as well. But there's, there's sometimes where it's just like, Hey, I think I saw that a different way than you is one way. And then another way is just like, what you did was wrong but I don't know the rules. So like a perfect example is like, I've been yelled at, Oh, the guy, that guy got on top from like Mount that, that should be a, that should be a reversal ref. It's like, you don't, there's no points for that in, in an IBGJF rule, rule setting or an OJA rule setting. Maybe in, in Naga, I think they have like a reversal rule, for example, but moral of the story is 
know the rule set that you're competing in. So at the very least, uh, you can, you know, know how to score points, you know how to win matches. And if you need to, you know, explain, if you need to explain yourself, you're not going to sound like an idiot. Yeah, no, I would agree. Where I think this is like what we were talking about earlier when, um, so obviously Gordon Ryan was like calling out everybody on Instagram like he does every day. Right. And then Cyborg was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that match, but it needs to be ADCC. This is how I want it, blah, blah, blah. And Gordon was like, hey, I'll maybe do it, but it has to be with ADCC uh, reps. No questions, if ands, or buts, right? No, and everybody's I, like, I agree with them because. And everybody was like, no, no, you're just trying to put the pick the rule set you want to, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. And they're like, I agree with them 100%. Cyborg said, hey, I want to compete against you, and I want to do ADCC rules. Gordon's rebuttal to that is, I'm down to do that, except I just want official ADCC reps. If you can yeah, do that, 100%. if you agree to that, I'm down. Is basically all he said. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, well, you're uh... – you're a pussy. You won't compete again. No, like you're, it's like, listen, like if that's the rule set somebody picked, you want competent people that know what they're doing that are going to do the, make the right calls and do the right thing. That's all he's saying. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's like, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of all these guys saying, Oh, well, he only chooses the rules that he wants. And I'm like, hold on a second. And it's like, we were talking earlier. I'm like, this guy is proven right now to fight in a whole bunch of different rule sets. He likes right now to do submission only, no time limit. So prove that you can go into his rule set and beat him, and then you will be the next king shit. But until somebody does that in his backyard, I don't understand why you're bitching about it, right? Everybody wants, oh, well, you need to fight me here. It's like, no, 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 The champ doesn't have to go to you. Well, see, he's like, he never claimed to be like the world's best gi guy either. It's like, all right, I'm focusing on no gi. I'm focusing on more ADCC submission only rules. This is what I'm going to do. If you think you can beat me in that, go for it. Don't, it's like the equivalent of like, okay, well, uh, you're the world's best badminton player. Why, oh, why don't you go play some tennis, you pussy? Just uh, they all uh, they all use tennis rack. They all use rackets, right? It's like no, they're different sports entirely. Yeah. I wouldn't say like different sports entirely. Like you know, jujitsu is still jujitsu, but you know, different rule sets, gi versus no gi. There are differences, and there are different ways to play the rules of an IBJJF match versus an ADCC match, or versus a different uh, versus like a submission only match. I mean, at the end of the day, if your jiu-jitsu is good, you should be doing as many rule sets, gi, no gi, that you want. And you know what? Gordon's done that. He's won at IBJJF. He's won at ADCC. He's won at sub only. So, and he's pretty much the reigning number one no gi grappler jiu-jitsu guy in the world right now. So, guess what? He's calling the shots. So, yeah, you want to compete against him? You know, you, you got to agree to his terms. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I still – I think that nobody really knows what's going to happen in 2021. And, like, I still think possibly maybe him and Galvao go. I'm not sure. I think it all depends on – I'd like to see that match happen. I can see – I can see, like, a couple different scenarios playing out. I think it's a really interesting match because, 
Gordon is on such a tear, but also Galvao and ADCC, he has been like lightning the last like he's been untouchable in ten years basically. Oh, exactly, right? Like it's the guys he is amazing, right? The guy's a physical specimen. They're both physical specimens. Yeah. With whatever two different natures. Like I think Galvao's a lot more explosive, powerful. Yeah can move around so he's a lot more like like a fast twitch muscle fiber like type of type of body versus gordon ryan's a lot more slow twitch which i think is probably i think he knows what he's good at he's not gordon's not exactly explosive he's probably very isometrically strong so like he gets a grip you don't get it back kind of thing similar to like how hodger is like he's probably very they're very similar builds and types i think just gordon probably has a little bit more uh mass on his frame or muscle mass yeah. on the screen, where it's just he's a lot more slow twitch. Will he gets a grip, you don't get it back, and he just he slowly grinds you down, and then he and then he's and then he submits you. But like Gordon's, um, yeah, but that's that's basically like Gordon's game. He's a lot more will wear you down, which I think is kind of why he knows what he's good at. That's why I think he wants more of the longer submission only matches because he knows like he can. Yeah, he's gonna wear you down. Out. He's gonna get you in gonna pull you into the fire he's not gonna let you just do what you want he's gonna hold you it out like he's just gonna control every position and rather than just kind of like let the match move where it wants to go he's gonna control each position he goes into no matter what yeah and Galvao is just such a physical specimen too it's really interesting because I think if I think if we're breaking that match down right now I think Galvao has an advantage standing wrestling yeah um probably like Probably a little bit of a power explosive advantage. Um, I would say Gordon has an advantage. And they're also both really good on the back. So I think if Galvao mm-hmm. can create a scramble and then take Gordon's back, he can do that. I think if Gordon also, I think if Gordon slows down the match to like his pace and kind of starts sucking Galvao into what he wants to do, and then I can see him like taking, you know, taking his back and setting up offense there as well. So it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah, I know. It's going to be until it's like announced that they're actually going to do it. It's kind of hard to break it down because you got to have to look at it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Ricardo knows uh, knows the ins and outs of that deal. Maybe it's happening. Maybe it's not. But apparently the tournament's supposed to be amazing. We're going to have to wait till the trials get started. It's hurt. Well, it's a, well, hopefully a trials happen soon. And they're, uh, I think they're having issues trying to get referees into the country. It's, yeah, that's the biggest thing right now. Just with the restrictions, I think with uh, most of the, the referees are actually, I think, from Europe. So with the, the European, the, there's a lot of European restrictions right now restricting travel to the United States. Yeah, and they've got a big spike going on right now, too. And that might be even longer now before these guys even get out. And that's, that's, that's going to be an issue as well for like, if you're trying to get referees for ADCC 2021 and you have to import and fly them in, that's going to be a, that's going to be a problem as well. It's supposed to be in Vegas this year, right? It is. Uh, it'll be a, a big show. I mean, COVID is probably still going to be around then. Yeah. But wh- where was it last year? California? It was in Long Beach, actually. Long Beach, California. Okay. So Long Beach, California last year, and then two years, like, I guess four years ago, 
it would have been in Finland. That was when they were in Finland. Finland. It was 2017. That's where yeah. Gordon lost to Felipe Pena. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> did you see the text I sent you earlier? Uh, which one? <laughs> okay, so I sent you the uh, uh, Gordon and Pena were going on it on Instagram, and they had their text they're, messages. They're, 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 they're like a married couple. They, they go out. Oh, my like, God. Every day. It was hilarious, but it's just like, like Pena is just like literally acting like a five-year-old. Like if you look at all the texts, it's just like, stop being a 15-year-old Stop being a 15-year-old girl. Stop being a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> and Gordon's right. And then he's like, and then he goes into this whole thing. Like I've made so much money, blah, 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 blah. And then Gordon's like, oh, tell me about this car that you bought. Is your car three, actually $350,000 USD? I want to know what type of car this is. It's just like, just hammering him down like you can't don't pick a fight on instagram with with uh gordon he's got nothing better to do and he's just gonna hammer you down on it <laughs> like, you down. but also he's smart too because oh. back to like professional wrestling back in the day he's playing the bad guy he's playing the heel he's like you know what fuck you beat me i'm the, i'm the champ yeah what are you gonna do about it and you know what? Him doing that and pissing people off and, you know, rattling cages. At the end of the day, you know what that's doing? It's, it's making him more money in the long run because yeah. people are, are going to want to do two things. They're going to want to see him compete or they're going to want to see him get his ass kicked. Either yeah. way, he wins. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I'm cheering that shit on because I just love it. I think it's hilarious. And I, I don't see a problem with it at all because, again, like, yeah, he lost – he knows it, right? He's just like, yeah, you beat me twice. I was a young kid when you did it. Beat me now. Come back. Like, I'm giving you the rule sets. Come. Do it, right? And, like, DJ, he's like, like <laughs> you say, yeah, you, you sound like DJ Jackson. Nobody cares. Because <laughs> yeah, he said, he's like, hey, I've lost to DJ Jackson three times. It's like, so, yeah. so what? It's like I lost him when I was a kid, when I was, like, 18. It's like, okay, yeah. good for you. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, you know what? Like, I've beaten people, like, many moons ago that are actually, like, you know, pretty well-known black belts. I'm not going to start listing off all these names of stuff. But, like, yeah, I beat them when I was a blue belt. I beat them when I was a white belt. It's like, I beat yeah. them when I was a purple belt in, like, you know, like, you know, 20 years ago. It's like, who gives a shit? Like, exactly. all of them could probably kick my ass right now because I suck now. So, it doesn't matter. Nah, <laughs> like, it's, kid, it's like, like okay, like, yeah, Felipe Pena beat Gordon in 2017. He also beat him in, you know, 2016 uh, when they had that uh, submission only at Studio 540. Yeah. So, yeah, he beat him twice. He beat him when he was, like, 20 – when he was, like, 1920. Yeah, 1920, basically. When he just got his, when he just got his black belt, and then like he went and competed against Felipe Pena, who's won worlds, won ADCC, won all this stuff, and yeah. The big question is, can he beat him in twenty twenty? Can he beat him in twenty twenty? Yeah. Can he beat him in twenty or twenty twenty one, depending on this the year? But yeah, it, it'll be interesting, but it's all the matches you want to see, and hopefully he does something, but. Again, regardless, until somebody actually beats him and shuts him up, he's the king. Plain and simple. Yep. Well, he's the most active. He's the most active out of Galvao, Pena, Gordon. Gordon's competing regularly right now. 
Felipe yeah. Pena's doing the odd match in Brazil right now, but like Galvao's mm-hmm. doing ABCC and that's it. He's he's semi Yeah, that's, that's all he's doing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, does Galvao have anything to prove at this point in his career? No, he's got well, nothing. hundred percent, right? Like, and again, that's tomorrow, why that's an all-time great. That's why, Gordon, that's why Gordon's not like, he's like, hey, I'll fight you if you want to fight ABCC. Awesome. But if you don't want to do it, that's fine too. Right? So... We shall see, my friend. We are yep. ADC, ADCC is about 11 months away, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Hopefully that happens. Um, we call it. Uh, where, were we, where else were we going to talk about? Yeah, what are we going to talk about, Aaron? I don't know. I, 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 I hicked off my list. My list is done. What is the state? Oh, what was that? What is, oh, that was me. Um, if my laptop's on my, on my lap. Okay. What is the state of gyms going forward? Like, if you're a big box gym, like like a Good Life or an LA Fitness, in this environment, like, can like I'm talking business and also like health wise, because you know, reality is, yeah, you if, if you can you can get sick going to like we talked about the benefits of working out earlier, but there are inherent risks of going to gyms for example and there's high concentrations of people yeah there is a there is a risk now with that said like if you're going to you know smaller facilities and smaller boutique you know gyms and personal training studios and stuff like that obviously i think there's there's a much lower risk especially uh looking at contact tracing the amount of people going in and out but you know what is what's the state of i guess the state of business going forward it's like how do you how do you open and operate a gym? How do you open and operate a jiu-jitsu school with, with all this stuff going on when the government's basically changing up the rules on the fly? Yeah, you know what, man? Like, I don't, again, even, even whatever I say probably won't be the right answer anyways. It's more just kind of like what I think. Um, the ideas of the big box facilities, yeah, it depends on the place, I guess, where if you have the space, but it's all about traffic control, right? How do you control the actual space? So spaces of the places that you have. So are you actually putting restrictions on capacity or is it just like, Hey, we're doing it and we're not right. So it goes back to that responsibility conversation. Right. So, and how responsible are your members? I believe this is me personally. I believe if it's a smaller boutique and like club, for example, and it, let's, I'm just going to say, hey, there's 200 members or there's 100 members, right? You know who your 100 people are. Again, I don't know how you operate your business based off that. I'm just using it as an example, right? You know who your 100 – sorry? You're just using 100 as an example. Yeah, I'm just using 100 as a, as a number, right? You have – you know who these people are. You can contract trace them differently. And the, the relationship that you've built with these individuals is probably a, a more macro – version compared to a micro version of a big box right you have better relationship with these individuals and you can control the flow and the messaging and people hold each other accountable and if you have a business that operates and there's no issue where there's people are contracting any sort of sickness it's clean as you have a high standard rating and all that why should they have to close i i think if you're operating your business responsibly 
and you can control the flow of the individuals and the people going into that business is no different than you going to your home or a friend's house or something like that. Right. Even though it is a business. So that's my take on that. Well, when you go, the take two is okay. Um, I have a, a small boutique training studio. I see the same 20 people that I see every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing everything that we should be doing. And this is unfortunate too, because a lot of gyms and small boutique studios like in Canada and the U S um, and no fault of their own. And they've had to close and they've had to close repeatedly because you yeah. know, followed all the rules, but they're just like, you know what? We're, doesn't matter if you're a thousand square foot uh, gym or facility or you're a 25,000 square foot gym or facility, all gyms closed, done. And, but they're all, it's, it's, it's apples and oranges though. They're like, they're, you can't just say like all fruit is bad. It's, you have to, like, I think you have to look at more, more of the situation and like what, what each gym is doing. Now, with that said, like if there's someone's not doing what they should be doing and acting responsibly, like they should be shut down, especially if they're, a massive, you know, COVID outbreak or flu influenza outbreak in an area. Like, no, they should be, gyms should be punished for that. But I don't think you should be punishing people that are trying to follow the rules and are trying to work with your guidelines that are just trying to stay open and just trying to run a business. I don't think that's fair to them when, you know, you have, okay, well, you're telling me I can only have 10 people in my gym when there's, you know, 500 people in a Walmart at one time. Well, maybe not 500 now, but yeah. um, there's significantly more volume. I think you have to look at, I think we even talked about this before, like square footage per space. So a Walmart can handle 500 people, but at the same time, if you cram all those people in a significantly less area, you can't really social distance. I think it's kind of the, the logic behind it, right? It's like, well, Walmart has all the space. People can spread out, but you sh- you should be working. I think people should be working with, you know, gyms and smaller businesses to go, okay, this is the amount of space I have. How many people am I allowed in? This is what I'm doing to contact trace. This is what I'm doing. I'm following everything like, you know, by the letter. Yeah. Why, why should they have to shut down when they're trying to follow all the rules? Zero, nothing has happened. I would look at it this way, right? and this is just me off the top of my head right now, it's conjugation of people is the concern, right? So like say group fitness classes, for example, remember how it went from like 10 people and then there's like, okay, everything's shut down now, right? Okay, eliminate group fitness. Just take it out of context for now, right? So eliminate group fitness. You keep the facility open. You have strict mandate of like how many people you can have in the facility at a certain amount of time for that hour appointment, kind of like what the good lives were doing. You have the people in there, you clean everything. And again, all the bullshit about masks, you can't take your mask off anymore. Mask stays on. Like there's no, there's no if, ands or buts. Right. And if you, if that's not good, if that doesn't work for you, well, SOL, you're shit out of luck. You don't get to go work out. Right. But if you want to keep your mask on, right. And you can work out. Okay, fine. Everybody in the building has to have their mask on. They're allowed to go work out. They can't use the shower. Everybody out after their hour, you clean them, clean it, the whole place up. The next shift people come in. Now, the amount of people you're going to have coming to those facilities is probably going to be a lot less, right? Agree? Yes or no? Well, I agree because while well, right. at the, the, the gym that we do not speak of, 
what would you say the percentage of people like came back? Maybe 30, 35% if that. And that's probably, probably like a, a high estimate. Probably, right? But again, like, I, I think that's where you have to go, okay, hey, third floor is shut down, right? You're, you're not allowed to use it anymore, right? So the, the business itself would have to change, but you can keep the facility open. I don't know. Like, I'm spitballing ideas here, right? Yeah. Like, I'm just coming up with something like, how do you keep the doors open? How do you keep people coming in and how do you keep them active? That's just one thing I could think of. And it's like, okay, no group fitness classes. It's strictly a controlled flow. There's 50 people out in the building. It's a whatever. You're allowed to go work out for an hour and then you got to get out, right? You might not have this. Yeah, sorry. Unfortunately, I think that model kind of kills anything. Like if you're a yoga studio, a dance studio. Uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, a jujitsu school that's trying to stay open right now. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, like, but here's where these lockdowns are retarded, where it's just like, okay, there's a dance studio that on one side of Dundas is open under the new CDC, uh, sorry, the COVID protocols, and the one across the street is closed. How the hell does that work? So now that person. Now that person who's in a closed studio is going to go work out, going to pay the membership dues to the place across the street. Yeah. Just because one's in Mississauga. Like, so it's either blanket statement, the whole, whole thing, or like, cause you're killing one part of the business because they happen to be in a hotspot zone and it may be not even in that area. Like that's just ridiculous. Yeah. When, especially like, let's say our, the gym that uh, we're at, for example, that the members, although that location's closed, they can go to other locations to work out. But that totally deceits the whole purpose. The government said, hey, do not go outside of your zone. Go to these areas. But what, what do you think people are going to do? They're going to go to those areas. Go to those areas. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is why this whole thing is... Like, it doesn't make any sense. Bars and restaurants, for example, it's like, we're going to close early. We're going to close at 11. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think the night just magically ends at 11? No, people are going to go to their buddy's house. They're going to hang out. They're going to drink. You know, the after party is going to start earlier. Or like, do you think like, you know, oh, we have to close at 11 because at 11.01, the COVID monster is going to come out and give everybody herpes. Like... Like, I think it's the, the, the intention is you don't want to get people sick. I totally understand it. I think the way the rules are being applied are not thoroughly thought through. No, they're not. And they're being, it's, it's all patched up. Like they, they don't, nobody knows what the right answer is. And they're given, I don't even know anymore. Like, People are just get overly frustrated because nothing is the right answer anymore. Anyways, you're getting because they were locked up for five months, and then you're now you're you brought them back for two and a half months, not even, and then oh yeah, by the way, we need to shut everything down again. Like, what did you? And again, here's another thing. I'm a little frustrated. Sorry, sorry, Aaron. I don't mean to cut you off for the 65th. You totally cut me off. I totally did. But you're getting inconsistent messaging and it's always changing constantly i get it's frustrating sometimes it's not the government's fault so sometimes guess what there's new there's new science there's new data that comes out saying okay well we thought this we're actually wrong this is what the newest 
you know, models are showing us. This is what the newest studies are showing us. That's a scientific method. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you take that and then it, that doesn't always mean, okay, well, if we close at 11, a bar, does that mean COVID will magically go away from bars and restaurants? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it's just, I just feel really, again, I don't, luckily for me and yourself, we don't have a brick and mortar store or anything like that that has been affected where it is our piece of property and our business that has been affected and has to shut down. I yeah, feel I really bad for brick and mortar places that are physical. This is people's livelihoods where they've been shut out of what they do to no fault of their own. And they can't, they're not even given the opportunity to try to make something work. Right. And it's like that that's, and the more I talk to like these different guys, as you just do schools and different places of like uh, that operate different businesses. I just, my heart goes out to them and I really feel bad for them. And it's like, but I, it, I don't know. It's, it's just a really bad time for everybody. And it's just trying to follow the rules and the rules are changing like day to day and week to week based on the situation. So you went from, okay, now you're in a bubble. You can train with people in your bubble. You went from, okay, just direct family members solo training to okay well now we're going to shut you down in the span yeah. of like maybe a week or two that's happened so yeah basically it, 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 that that's the frustrating part man so it's like you think you're moving forward and everybody's moving backwards we're not moving anywhere further ahead and like <clears throat> you got guys that are like you know barely hanging on and now it's just that just pushes them further into the barrel so i mean I'm really hopeful down the road, like we're going to get out of this eventually and we can expand upon, again, take this as a good learning experience. And then how do we be better for towards our neighbor, be better toward businesses, everything. Again, I think building Canada up itself is a priority rather than worrying about anybody else. And I think that's what we need to really focus on. But eventually, the unfortunate thing is it's not it's us that are going to have to try and rebuild it, but it's our kids and their kids that are going to have to pay for it because we've been pushed down this rabbit hole of uh, bullshit. Paying for our CERB uh, sponsorship. That's basically, and how they sponsored our podcast for the last little while. And how they so. sponsored our podcast. So uh, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Connor, Elliot, and Evan who will be uh, paying our bills in the future. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. But I think we'll, we'll leave it there for now as uh, obviously, cause we have a lot more time on our hands, uh, which will be exciting. Yeah, um, we will have a, we're, I'm lining up actually some guests as we speak. Um, we're going to have a lot more content coming out and uh, we have, we're also going to be having some merch that we're going to be uh, making as well. That has been designed from my, my wife, uh, check her out too on Instagram, Katrina Breyers. She, uh, she does some really good work in uh, graphic design. If you need, you know, logos, designs, branding, logos, check her out as well. She's an unofficial sponsor as well. So I'm giving her a shout out. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. It only took her uh, six months of me haggling her to get on the design work. She's paying me in hugs. And uh, we're, we're uh, but yeah, check, check her out. She has really good work. Um, I'm not just saying that because I'm married to her, 
Uh, she, she really does really good work. I really like her. I really like her design style and logo. So check it out. Um, I think we'll, I think we'll wrap this up. So thank you to our sponsors, canadianprotein.com. Use promo code choke, get 10% off and project X card. Raul's doing a really, uh, doing something really special with uh, the jiu-jitsu community. So if you think there's somebody out there, um, who could benefit from training jujitsu, reach out to us or reach out to uh, Raul Chavez on Instagram or the Project X-Guard page. Check them out too. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. See you soon.